Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled, multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. So this is going to be, it's going to be an interesting one today. Uh, we're continuing our message series on this fourfold gospel that we believe that Jesus Christ ushered in with his birth, life, death, and resurrection. This fourfold gospel, this uh, salvation encounter that we have with God, the Holy Spirit, draws us to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's God and we are not and that uh, we need to be saved uh, from our sins and connected to God in what we call salvation. And then last week we talked about the freedom encounter that we have with God. This is when you are connected to God, the Spirit, and Holy Spirit begins to do that inner work in your life. Did anybody experience any of that this week? In my life, God had been unearthing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Anybody experience that this week? You just... You're just like living your life and then all of a sudden things are coming up. And uh, I was speaking with my wife who's a therapist and uh, she said, oh, I thought you had that compartmentalized. And I said, it's amazing how poor us humans are at actually compartmentalizing things. We think that we just left our past in the past and little did we know it's continuing to affect our present. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody get older and you say something to your kids and you're like, oh my God, I've become my mother. Oh my God, I've become my father. Or, oh my God, I became the very thing I did not think. Because we don't, we're not trained to actively live our lives. So we're living passively, being formed and molded into things that we have not actively processed. And Holy Spirit moves in our life to help us process our past in light of who God has called us to in the future. There is um, 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 fleshly things affecting our lives. There are emotional things, both good and bad, affecting our lives. And there are spiritual things, both good and bad, affecting our lives that we are not aware of. Can you say amen? God is aware of them. And as we drop our guard and Holy Spirit comes in, Holy Spirit's kind of like your mother-in-law. He comes in, he starts cleaning the house. You're like, I didn't ask you to clean. But they just, he just starts cleaning things up. You let him in. You know, when, when my wife and I, um, <clears throat> when, when we had uh, Isaac, Isaac, when he was a baby, um, had some medical stuff happening. And uh, nothing embarrassing or anything, just some medical stuff. And we were scared, uh, but God had us, bless the lamb. And uh, we had to take him to the hospital. And um, uh, we, we had taken him to the hospital. We didn't have a chance to clean our house at all. And my mom came over. Uh, and she's like, I'll help out, I'll clean up a little bit. My mom came over, cleaned the whole house, which is great, and rearranged all our furniture. I was like, who, who does that? Who, who, who does that? Like, what? This isn't how we left our living room. She's like, I just think it works better this way. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> Ain't that like the Holy Ghost, though? You're like, God, what I want right now is a, is, a, is a new job. And he's like, that's awesome. 
let's talk about when your mom just, just didn't show up to your baseball game in the sixth grade. You're like, that's not, I'm not, I'm not, that's, that's not what I wanted to process right now. Like, remember when they made fun of you uh, when you got that new job and you messed up? How do you feel about that? You're like, dog, I'm just trying to get my bills paid. Let's talk about that. And he's like, no, I'm rearranging things. You don't invited me in. I'm rearranging some things that work better. And you're like, oh, man, I don't, I did, that's not what I, and he's like, that's what the Holy Ghost does. He just comes in, he starts, he starts rearranging things. And we, I call that the freedom encounter. Now, we don't necessarily like that kind of freedom because it makes us deal with some stuff. But by God's grace, we can do it with success. Amen. And so uh, this week, I practice what I preach. And actually, uh, I, you know, since, since in this house, we don't just have some guy up here giving a motivational talk. We have a prophetic voice in this house. There's an apostolic voice in this house. There is a Holy Ghost anointed leadership in this house. And so God sometimes comes and just tells us things that we like to hear. But more often than not, he comes and prophesies what he's about to do. And so we can get on board with what God's doing, or we can just go somewhere that's going to scratch our back and let us know everything's okay. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just know that everything's okay. I want everything to be okay. Say amen. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to just move on into my message right now. Hallelujah. I, uh, hallelujah. I got saved. Uh, in my in my mid to late twenties, <clears throat> or shall I say, I don't know when I got saved, but I know I finally let Jesus be Lord of my life in my mid to late twenties. I didn't know what I was signing up for. I'm gonna be completely honest. It's a lot like getting married, right? You don't know exactly what you're. you're you know, you stand in front of God and all these witnesses, and you say these vows, but you don't really know what that means. You don't know what for better or for worse is. You you, you have no. You think you know. But you don't know what you don't know. It's like when someone has their first baby and they're like, oh, my kid's gonna. And you're just like, oh, poor, sweet, beautiful summer child. Do you think you have any power over what this child's going to do? It's kind of like the God-man relationship, except you're the man in both relationships. You can't control God. You can't control a baby. You're just there for the ride, trying to make sure the train doesn't jump the tracks. And, and I, I gave my life to Jesus, and I had a pretty good idea what that, what that meant. And I realized later I had no idea what that meant. And uh, God rearranged the furniture of my life, uh, and I quickly got baptized in the Holy Ghost and uh, in power. And I had this desperate hunger to see people come into freedom. That has always been my heart, to see people get free of the bondage of this world and free of the bondage of the devil. I have wanted to see people get free my entire life. It was part of who God created me to be. And so in my natural mind, I had ways that I was going to do that on my own. But when I got saved, I found out how God's plan to get people free is, and that is to get them saved, to get them healed, to get them free, and then send them out to help other people. Then, then, I, then I found out the actual full, fourfold gospel. But what I learned about this, I learned it the hard way. And I teach here, hoping that you can kind of Fast forward a little bit and learn some of the things that took me a long time and lots of lumps to learn that you can learn them a little more quickly so you can avoid some of the pitfalls that I came into. But I remember I got uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost and I just began just I just believe the Bible. I believe the Bible said people can get free. People can get free. I believe the Bible said people could be healed. 
people could be healed. I believe if the Bible says that people can go out and see miracles and preach the gospel and you don't have to have any kind of qualification, then I would lay hands on people to preach the gospel and get people free without any qualifications. And I began seeing it and I began, I began having a lot of zeal, but not a lot of wisdom, but God was merciful in it. <clears throat> and so in, in way too quick of a time, I had a group of friends and I, and we began starting a ministry of setting people free from devils. I've talked about that a lot. But I remember the first time we got invited to a church to preach. We were so super excited about it. Uh, we came as a ministry team, and uh, I don't think the pastor knew what he was getting. Uh, I know I didn't know what they were getting. I don't think he knew that none of us were qualified to do this, um, and that we were just going to do a whole lot of screaming in tongues, and then hoping that God would, would do something. Uh, but we... Um, took this trip to Jacksonville. Uh, we got invited to speak at a church and uh, we were in my, um, my friend had this uh, old school suburban. It was about as big as this room, right? And so we were having a prayer meeting in this suburban driving to Jacksonville. We had been fasting and we're praying in the spirit. And uh, we got up there and we got there. We figured, Ooh, one of us is going to have to preach a message because that's, that's how you do church. And so we kind of figured out who has a message to preach. And, and uh, my friend had a message. So, uh, well, he said he did. It wasn't that good, but uh, he preached. <clears throat> and then, um, he preached a message, which was not great. And then uh, we called the worship team up and uh, the worship team began playing. And the church was like, what, what did we just witness? Like, why are these people here? Uh, uh, but then, then we said, here's what's going to happen. I grabbed the microphone. And I said, here's what's going to happen. We're going to pray and the Holy Ghost is going to come in this room. And some of y'all are about to get set free. And I surprised myself when I said that. I, I like, like, who just said that? Like, was that, was it, was that me? <laughs> oh, Jesus. And that's scary because now people have expectations. <laughs> okay, all right. And so, so, so the worship team started playing and the people were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And so we came to the front, me and my friends, and we had an altar call. And people came up. And the only way I knew how to pray for people was either declare the blood. And all my friends were from uh, Argentina. So I only know how to cast out demons in Spanish, right? And so, so uh, I knew how to cast out demons in Spanish. I knew how to pray in tongues, and I knew how to scream, right? Like these are, this, this was my, my, my skill set at the time. So people came forward, and I laid my hands on this person, and I started, closed my eyes, and I started screaming in tongues, right? And I just began screaming in tongues as loud as I could. And then at some point, I opened my eyes to see what was happening, and they weren't there anymore. They had fallen on the ground. I have no idea when they fell on the ground. <laughs> All I know was I was still like this screaming in tongues, and they were on the ground. I was like, oh boy, this thing works, right? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, this works. <laughs> and then somebody else came, and, uh, and there launched my ministry career right there. And, um, uh, I, and I was like, man, I better figure this thing out because um, I, I, this, I don't think this is scalable, right? Like, I don't... I, I, I don't, and so, and so we just, I just began partnering with Holy Spirit, reading lots of books, but, uh, but the, 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 the basic understanding of who God wants to be in our life has not changed for me. What has changed is I have gotten a great deal of ministry experience. I've been doing that for, I don't know, 20 some years now, uh, 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 ministering. I've been preaching. I've been praying. I have, I have, I have done the stuff 
in many countries. I have preached this gospel of Jesus Christ, this fourfold gospel from southern Brazil to Canada. I, 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 I have seen people set free from the powers of the devil. I have seen uh, a, a blind eyes open and deaf ears unstop. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen those who are infertile have children. I, I've just, I've, I've seen all the miracles. I've seen crazy people come into their right mind. I've also seen prideful people, God, remove them from ministry in public, humiliating ways. I have seen God move in all the ways that He moves. And I'm here to let you know today that God is a very good God. He may move in ways we do not understand, but He is not weird, and He is good. And so today, I have worked all week on a, on a message here. I've been preaching this very message for 20 years. And all week, I was like, I, I could, I've, preached, I've preached this message more than I have, I don't know, done the dishes. I have, I have preached this message. And on the way in this morning, I was talking to the Holy Spirit about my message. And I was like, you know what would have been a good idea? I wish I would have talked about that. And he's like, well, that's the thing you should be talking about. And I was like, well, well I... Um, that's not what I wrote, though, Lord. He's like, uh-huh. Have you noticed God is not as concerned about things as you are in your life, right? And so we're, we're, we, I came up here with two messages, the one I wrote all week and the one that he said, you might want to look at this one. And so we're just going to kind of, we're going to kind of do this this morning. Amen? Amen? If you're going to be talking about being led by the Spirit, you've got to be willing to be led by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and so here we go. If you got a Bible, you can turn to John chapter 16. <clears throat> I love the church of Jesus Christ. I've given my life to her. <clears throat> the church of Jesus Christ is the icon of the Holy Spirit on the earth. You cannot see Holy Spirit, but you can see the church that Holy Spirit has empowered. That is the visible sign of the Spirit on earth, the church. I love the church. I love it in all its forms, in all its lumps. My wife comes from a family background that stays very connected. Um, uh, I come from a, very, a, a family background that's very disconnected. Uh, my wife comes from a background uh, uh, where people fly across the country to celebrate bar mitzvahs and birthdays and, and weddings. And I come from a background that's like, oh, I heard John got married. Like, oh, good for him. You know, like... <laughs> That's a good one. Yahoo, right? And, 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 in, and in this, and in this um, melding of, of, of backgrounds, I've, 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 I've learned something about loving the unlovable parts of your family. I have learned about how you talk about family it says more to do about you than it does about the person you're talking about. I have preached against gossip since I started this church, and I have watched it destroy lives, destroy families, destroy fellowships. I have seen petty people who were offended with God take it out on church leaders and it grieve the Holy Spirit. I have seen people lie to God, lie to their friends, and as their pastor have to watch them spiritually destroy their own lives because they don't trust God. I have seen the highs 
And I have seen the lows of flowing with Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you today, if you trust God, it's going to work out. It may not be easy, but it will work out. And amen. And, and your character will be tested when you don't understand. John chapter 16. Excuse me. John, yeah, John chapter 16, starting, starting in verse 7. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And they're upset about him talking about him leaving. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Keep that in mind as I speak today. And what I believe is going to happen is I'm going to talk for a little bit. Hopefully it's going to be in, intelligible. Hopefully it's going to articulate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, hopefully it will draw my academic and experiential background. But spiritually what is happening is much like what happened last week. I'm going to talk, but Jesus is going to do that thing that he promised does to the preacher. That my words will be life and they will be spirit. And something will be provoked on the inside of you. And it is my goal today that as I speak, a Holy Ghost bullseye comes upon you from heaven. And that the Holy Ghost of God will come upon you in a new way, energizing you to be the person God has called you to be. <clears throat> Today could be life-changing for some people. The deception of the Christian life is to think that you can accomplish it. <laughs> it's deceiving. And you draw big crowds today by telling people that you can do anything, that you can be anything. That you can accomplish anything. That there is a you that is so amazing. All you need to do is discover the real you. And then you can have what you want. And that, my friends, is a deception. As we study the history of Israel, Jesus, excuse me, as we study the history of Israel, God sent prophets to the people of Israel to let them know there is something you need to do, and you are not able to do it without me. But Israel was very, very stubborn, like much of us today. And they kept thinking that they could do things on their own. God said, you think you can do things on your own? Why don't you just keep these rules? They're like, ah, oh, we got this, no problem. God said, oh, yeah, okay, here's some more rules. Why don't you do those? And they're like, oh, we got these, no problem. And God said, yeah, you're not going to be able to do these. So I'm going to set up a little sacrifice offering for a, a starting over point. And so they kept thinking that they were going to do what they were able to do, not thinking, wait a minute, why did God Almighty talk about why, what to do when we fail? Because he was trying to communicate to them that you cannot do this on your own. I actually want to be God and I want you to be my people. But they kept thinking in their own hearts they could do it on their own. So he kept sending prophets saying, listen, if you keep trying to do it on your own, Bad things are going to happen. People you don't want to conquer you will conquer you. If you do not listen to what I'm telling you, the land I have given you will not be the land that is yours anymore. And they said, no, nah, I think we can do this on our own, God. Thanks for getting us where we are. I think we got it from here. And God keeps saying, I don't think you got it from here. You really should be following me. I have seen time and time and time again. I have a prophetic word from about... 
two years ago that I said, watch out for the prosperity that has come upon your lives because when prosperity comes, you start thinking you don't know God and you put yourself in the place of God. Many Christians can handle poverty. Very, very, very few Christians can handle success. People who do not need to pray, give us our daily bread, rarely think they have to pray, forgive us our sins. And many of you are being stunted in your financial growth because God wants you to stay dependent on Him. And I don't have a reason or a way or a source to get out of that. Because God really wants you to be dependent on Him so that He can be the God. Sometimes the worst thing God can do for you is give you what you want. If you have a child under the age of five, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You want to eat paint? The worst thing you could do is let your kid eat the paint. You want to run in the street? The worst thing you could do is let your kid do what they want to do. And then somewhere around the teenage years, your kids decide that you are a complete idiot and have no idea what you're talking about. My children have finally gotten old enough that they realize I might actually know a little bit about some things. I'm believing at some point my kids will realize I done caught some lumps so you don't have to. Just come learn from my lumps, please. At one point, my kids are going to say, I remember my dad complaining about something similar. Maybe I'll ask him how to get through this thing. Now, I, I, I joke a little bit. I love both my children. They come to me for advice sometimes, uh, some, some of them more than others. Uh, I love them. I got good kids. They get good grades. They still live at home because we're not terrible people. I'm very thankful. Uh, but, but there is this thing in growing up that we think we know more than our elders. It's called deception. What happens is your elders just got done arguing with you. That's all it is. They're like, fine, you want to go that way? Go that way, right? Are, are you with me? And, and so Jesus, Jesus <clears throat> comes after Israel never could keep the law. God promised them, if you will stay my people, I will stay your God and protect you. And as soon as things would get prosperous, they would abandon God. They're like, oh, I got it from here, God. I got it from here, God. I got it from here, God. And God's like, oh, you really don't. You really still need me. You still desperately need me. But they're like, no, no, we got it from here. And he's like, okay, you take over. Babylonians conquer them. God brings them out of Babylonian captivity, blesses them. We got it from here, God. Really? Really? You do? No, 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 you don't. No, no, we got it. Romans conquer them. Like time and again, God was trying to teach people, though you do not have it. You do not got it. You do not handle it. You cannot be a Christian without God. The modern teaching in the church today is if you go to church enough, if you do enough stuff, you will live a life that doesn't actually require Jesus anymore. And that is the furthest from the truth of Jesus's message. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't, I'm, I'm, I love the church. I love all the church. And I want all the people in the world to come into the church. But I want the people of the world to know that you cannot do this without absolute, desperate, 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 desperate need for God every single day. If you feel like you cannot make it through the week, 
congratulations, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. If you feel like, I cannot do this on my own, congratulations, despite what the world is teaching you, you are perfectly positioned for an encounter with the Holy Ghost. These are the people that Jesus came for. People who recognize, I cannot do this on my own. I am held down. I am held back. I have been restrained. I have been oppressed. I am downtrodden. I am hurt and I am depressed. I need help. These are the people that Jesus came for. And so the disciples, after a couple years, start thinking they got this thing figured out. Can you imagine thinking you have this thing figured out after three years? Can you imagine walking with Jesus three years and thinking you got this thing figured out? It's funny. And so Jesus says, listen, these these, these 12 young men, he had had the beloved, he had the, the three, he had the 12, he had the multitudes, but he had 12 disciples, 12, 12 people in his rabbinical school that he was teaching. And Three years he spent with them. And then he said, now I'm going to leave. Go change the world. Could you imagine? That's two rows in this room. Go start a new religion that is opposed to both your government and the religion you're practicing now. The one, you know, when you walk into town and all these people are hanging on crosses to let people know don't come against the government or the religion. Why don't you go ahead and just go ahead and oppose all of them. Uh, you know, just go, why don't you go do that? <clears throat> and they're like, wait, what? And he's like, don't worry, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll be gone, but I'll send you some help. Send me some help? Like, what, what, what kind of help are you going to send me? Like, I've seen what happens to people going against the government. What, what kind of help are you going to send me? He's like, I'm going to send you the Spirit. I'm going to send you the Spirit of God. And Jesus instructed them, go out into the world, you know, Do all the stuff I did. And they're like, how could we possibly do the stuff that you did? He's like, by the Spirit. This is what you're going to do. I am going to anoint you with the Holy Ghost in fire. But these 12 young men were told to go change the world. And and spoiler alert, if you haven't read the Bible, they did. Listen, we are sitting here today. Because they believed what Jesus said in the Bible. Go into all the world and make disciples. The fact that there is a church in Boca Raton today is a testimony that these young men believed God. The fact that 2,000 years later, we have what they wrote about Jesus' sayings is a testimony that Jesus can be believed, and that you can trust his word, and that the impossible things he has called you to do, you can actually do through the power of the Holy Spirit. By the faithfulness of God's word, you can accomplish more than you ever thought you could accomplish, but not for your glory, for the glory of God. And so as they planted this church and they went about uh, in, in, this, in, this, uh, in this Mediterranean area, uh, planting the church of Jesus Christ. Some people got a little goofy. They got weird. Like this Holy Spirit came and they began to do all 
kinds of spiritual stuff. And some people, some people started abusing these gifts because when people get power, they start thinking that they're impressive. They start thinking that they're actually somebody. I remember having meetings and just seeing healings all over the room. And I remember telling God, man, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do about this. Like, this is, this is messing with my head a little bit. I, 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 I'm, he's like, I need you to remember, this is, you didn't do any of that. You didn't do any of that. I did that. I need you to never forget that I did that. And he said, as long as you remember that, I will use you to help other people do that. See, there, there, there's, a, there's a principle here I want you to get in this baptism of the Spirit. This baptism of the Spirit is for the glorification of Jesus Christ in the building of His church. The gifts of God are here to accomplish the purposes of God. I will talk more about this next week, but every one of you who feels called to ministry, I need you to understand. The call to ministry is always to solve a God problem. It's never to solve a you problem. And most young preachers, the problem they want to solve is that they're not in ministry. But your ministry calling is to solve a God problem. You find a God problem, you start fixing it, he'll put you in the ministry. That, that, that is a promise. You may get paid, you may not get paid, but there will be a reward in heaven. Is this making sense to anybody in the room? I feel like that's a good word. Amen. So they had these problems in, in Corinth in particular. And in Corinth, the gifts of the Spirit were, were like, like going wacko. Like, like people today talk about televangelists and how weird things are and, and all that. Well, this was like that times a billion, right? Like it was, it was like so far and above anything you would believe to be happening. People would come to church services, the Bible says, and uh, people wouldn't even preach in a language people would understand. They would get up and just speak in tongues, thinking they're doing something spiritual for the entire meeting. And Paul was like, yeah, um, that thing, stop it. Don't, don't, just don't do that. Or somebody would be preaching, and then somebody would stand up and have a tongue and interrupt the message, and nobody would interpret it. And then a second person would stand up and have a tongue, and you know, and then a third person would stand up and have a tongue. And, and a fourth person would stand up and have a tongue. And there's no interpretation. And Paul finally says, hey, listen, and, uh, when you're having a meeting, um, uh, maybe, you know, somebody stands up and has a tongue. That's great. But after three with no interpretation, tell them to be quiet because there's actually a message that needs to go forth, right? Like, like there's all this crazy disorder. There's people thinking that they're free in Christ and so they're having sex with relatives. I mean, it's just, it was so weird. And, 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 and our natural mind says the problem here is the gifts of the Spirit. We need to stop all this. Only let the preacher do the stuff. But Paul said, no, 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 no. That is not the answer. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 14.1 Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. What did Paul say? He said, all this is goofy. What do we do to fix that? What you need to fix the problems in the church is more God. Not less God, more people, more God. You need more of the Holy Ghost. Pursue love. Desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Prophecy speaks truth to power. This is what prophecy does. Prophecy tells someone, I hear what you're saying, but I 
discern what your heart is really saying. And what your words could possibly be true, but your heart is evil. And you need to stop. Prophecy says, man, I, 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 I see what you're saying. I understand the position that you're in. I understand that everything you're saying is perfectly logical. But what I discern by the Spirit says, be quiet and trust God. This is what Jesus the prophet did. Here, watch this. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus had died on the cross and then he was resurrected. Oh my gosh, watch this. This is about to get very good. He was resurrected and he shows up on the scene to his disciples resurrected. Now, I don't know what you would do if you went to your homie's funeral and then he showed up at your house. I would have questions. Would you have questions? I'd have questions. I'd be like, what was... You thirsty? Like, what, where, what was that like? Why didn't you change? Why are you still have holes in you, but you're alive? Right? Like, there's questions. Are you leaving again? Like, what? Like, what, there's questions. But Jesus gathered them together and he commanded them. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you had heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Now, the Jews had this ritual, it's called the mikvah, and they would do these ceremonial baptisms in water. And when you would go down in this water, you would come up clean. Women had to do it every time they had to cycle. There were different, various times you would get these baptisms, these ritual cleansings. But Jesus had something interesting that they would be immersed or baptized or cleansed in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And their question was completely carnal. So when they had come together, they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? See, they were still carnally minded. They're still thinking, hmm, we're, we're still going to change the world through the government, right? We just got to get the right politicians in, and then God's going to change everything. What we need to do is we need the right governmental structure. We, 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 need, we, we, we need to be in charge. We need to be running things. But they didn't understand this stuff. They didn't understand that his kingdom is not of this world. It is a kingdom that goes way beyond anything man could build. It goes beyond anything people could do on their own. They're repeating the sin of Israel saying, okay, you're going to give us, now we are going to start leading, right? No, since you're leaving, now we're going to do this without you. And he's like, ah, no, no, this is a problem. They don't understand the things of the spirit because they had not received the spirit yet. Their minds are still on the things of the world. Watch what Jesus says. Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. <clears throat> Talk about him not answering the question that you have. Shekabah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 Listen. What we need is more of God. What we need is more of God's presence. 
And Jesus said, you see the problems that are happening here. Just wait. Wait on God. Wait on God to come fill you with His Spirit. Wait on God's power to come upon you. Wait on God to come bring knowledge and wisdom that you could not have on your own. I remember I was in the first time I, I, I was on a mission trip to Nicaragua. I think I've been there. I think I counted. My wife and I counted. I think I've been to Nicaragua 21 times on mission trips. Uh, <clears throat> One of the last times we were there, the pastor adopted me as a son of Nicaragua, gave us a flag and gave my wife some maize, right? Is that what it was? Maize? We're like, I don't know what to do with this. They're like, cook it right, because if you don't, it's poisonous. We're like, we'll just receive it symbolically. We won't actually, we won't actually just cook the maize. I don't even know what you make with maize. I don't, I don't have any idea. <clears throat> I still have the flag. <clears throat> but I remember the very first time I was in Nicaragua, I was uh, with my same ministry team, we... Believe it or not, I managed to arrange a crusade in Nicaragua. Uh, we flew there not having anywhere to stay. Uh, there's some people in this church who have a similar testimony of going to Africa. You do stupid things when Holy Spirit comes upon you, but they're God stupid. <laughs> they're God stupid. And we just, uh, we were walking along and we saw... This group of guys in a church, it was a church actually, and they were doing something and we're like, we just, you know, these gringos just walking along and we go into the church and we're like, hey, um, we're missionaries from America, can we pray for you? And they're like, yeah, we're about to do an outreach. We're like, okay. And so we start praying for them in the way that I know how I'm screaming in tongues and casting out devils in Spanish, right? That's what I'm doing. And um, saga demonio, right? Um, <laughs> And out of my mouth just became words. And I didn't know what these words were. And I just began prophesying over this young man to call a God on his life, which would have been helpful if it was in Spanish. Somebody had to translate it. But this gift just came out of me out of, out of nowhere. Like, it wasn't me coming up with words logically and then speaking them. Just out of my innermost being became the spirit of prophecy. And from that day forward, the spirit of prophecy has been with me ever since. And I have found... That when you will step out at God's urging, he will anoint you to do things you cannot do on your own. I could bring up half this room right now who could give a testimony of this. I could bring every person who's gone on a mission trip with me a testimony of this. That they prayed for somebody and they saw people. My son, I remember one, one mission trip we went on to Mexico. Like every time we go, there's like a different theme in Mexico. You ever notice that? There's like a different theme and one 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 time we went and just we just saw blind eyes open everywhere it was the weirdest thing in the world the another time we just kept seeing people was it scoliosis strokes we just people with strokes who were hampered on their body and this would happen like all over the place and they would be and i remember one time we were at we were at um we were at dinner and uh at a hotel uh, that we were staying at and this guy goes to check in and he's walking with a cane. Now, I don't know how many people you've seen with strokes. Like, I have not seen that many. But in this one, we would see them everywhere. And my son is like, hey, there's another one right over there, Dad. I'm like, I'm working the chili killies right now, man. I'm, I'm tired. And he's like, but this guy, he's, he's, you know, I think he was, what, 16 at the time? 15, 16? He might have been 15. He's like, we got to go pray for this guy. I was like, anybody want to pray for a stroke victim? And, uh, and so somebody went with, with Isaac. And they pray for this guy. 
and, and the guy gets mostly healed. Not fully, right? But he got, yeah, he got like, he got like 80% better in his ability to walk. And he wound up walking to his room without his, without his crutch. <clears throat> now, that was just childlike faith. Like, oh, God's healing people. And so you just do God stuff. Like, that sounds stupid, but it's, but it's God. Like, God will tell you to give money. That you don't want to give. You know it's God, right? Like, I, don't, I never naturally think, let me give this money away. Like, I don't, I mean, now it kind of is, but like, more often than not, I don't think, you know, oh, I have bills to pay. Let me just give that money away. Like, that's, but that's a God thing. God wants to be your provision. I was at, um, when, when, when um, Pastor Mario was coming a couple weeks ago, uh, he was coming Saturday night to our house to have dinner, but we were getting our house ready to be painted, and so I was trying to install a new doorbell, and uh, it became far more complicated than I needed it to be, and I'm like, like I thought this project would take me like a half hour, uh, and now we're like in, in finishing hour two, going on to hour three, right, and I'm seeing the time I need to be ready, like coming closer and closer and closer, getting a little anxious, and I realized I had to get a part at Home Depot. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Like, oh my God, I thought this would be done by now, so I got to go to Home Depot, and anybody who's done a home project, you know, it's going to take two more trips to Home Depot than you thought. Whatever, no matter how well you plan it, you're going to Home Depot a couple more times, right? And so I'm running late, and I, and I drive to Home Depot to get some uh, parts, and I'm like, okay, I got like 45 minutes to get done, drive home, get done, take a shower before Mario shows up. And I'm like, and I go to get my car, and there's like a, I'm, I'm like here, and there's like a guy right over there with his tire off. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. And then, and then Jesus, like, and I look at him again, I'm like, Lord, I'm kind of kind of in a hurry right now. Like, I really, uh, I don't have time to be doing auto repair. Like, I'm just like, maybe I'm supposed to call. Like, and so I'm, I'm sitting in the, then I get in the car, and the Lord's like, well, what, 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 what you going to do? I'm like, um, I don't have any tools. I don't have any time. Uh, 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 but what are you going to do? You're going to be like, God, I don't have time for what you're telling me to do right now. You, the creator of heaven and earth, that I desperately need to come into my life and change some things. Right? Like, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Jesus. <sighs> so I get out of my car. I walk over to the guy. I said, hey, hey, you good? He goes, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, I said, I don't have any tools on me, but, you know, I, I can help. He goes, no, I'm good. I was like, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just, 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 and he's like, no, no, I have people coming. I'm good. I was like, oh, 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 okay, okay. And I, and I walk back to my car, and I sit down in the driver's seat, and I'm like, Lord, what was that all about? He's like, I just wanted to see if you were still mine. Just wanted to see if you're still mine. Are you still his? When you want to gossip, do you shut your mouth? When you think it would be better to lie, do you tell the truth? When you get that prompting to talk about Jesus, do you do it? When he tells you, hey, look at that sick person, like my son said to me. Look at, look at that person. We should probably go pray for them. Do you? See, when you get filled with the Spirit, you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, it's no longer about you. We're not building our kingdom. We're actually ushering the kingdom of God. After his passion, after, after Jesus' death and his sacrifice, he reappeared to the disciples. And after he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, he told them to wait in Jerusalem until they're clothed with power from on high. 
John the Baptist came, it said, clothed in camel's hair. And uh, if you remember the prodigal son, he returned. And the father clothed him with a coat. Joseph was clothed with a coat of many colors. But Jesus said that the disciples would be clothed with power. Literally, the power of God would come upon us if we're disciples of Jesus. And what, what kind of power is it that he said he would clothe us with? Let me, let me, let me tell you. Holy Ghost power. Amen. Holy Ghost power is what he said he would clothe you with. The power of God is what he said he would clothe you with. This is the power to do the miracles of God. And, and, and what I didn't understand in my youth is that this power is bigger than just stuff you could see. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, let's go there for a second if you would. I know, oh, I got I to gotta end here soon, but I won't. Um, uh, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to. First. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Are you getting anything out of this? Oh, Jesus. I had such beautiful plans for this message series. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In Corinth, here's what he says. Watch this. Mm. Oh, Sheba. Sere, Kebe, Sa. Did you feel that shift, Chelsea? I don't know if you felt it, but someone's about to get activated in the gift of prophecy. Here it comes. Shabba. Now, starting in verse 4. He's like, listen, there's gifts, and I don't want you to be stupid anymore. Don't be ignorant. Holy Ghost gives gifts. Verse 4, there's a varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Varieties of ministries, the same Lord. Varieties of effects, but the same God. Now, there's all this division that happens in the church. Oh, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't do prophecy. That ended. We teach. No, no, no. Same Spirit. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I got 12 roads to go down right now. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to read this Bible without seeing prophets. I mean, you got to do some serious biblical hopscotch to miss the prophets in this thing. Right? <laughs> Pastors in the New Testament? Like twice? But it's amazing how many pastors deny there's prophets. Hard to read this Bible and not see apostles. But it's amazing how many teachers that you only see a couple times deny the apostles, which you see all over this Bible. Now, if you're going to teach the word, teach the word, even the parts that you don't like. You got to teach the parts you don't understand. You got to teach the parts that go against what you believe. You got to be faithful to the scriptures and teach what it says. It's amazing how many churches are nonprofits these days. Shabba. Verse 8. For to one, am I being alright right now? I'm being a little spicy, as my wife will call it. A little spicy? Alright. But this is going to activate somebody. I feel, I just, I just feel a prophetic mantle in the room right now. And we're just going to walk in it. Amen? Some of y'all are going to prophesy yourself out of some situations right now as the Lord gives you utterance. You're going to speak the word of God as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. You're going to prophesy into some people's lives. As, okay, here we go. But to each one is given manifestation of the Spirit. Watch this, verse 7. For what? We'll say it together. Let's read it again. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for? That means it's supposed to benefit the whole church, not just you. Amazing how many people got gifts and they think it makes them special. 
Like, there's no problem with people doing gifts on TV. It's who's the hero? Who's the hero? Is God the hero or is the preacher the hero? I want you to reject preachers who call themselves the heroes. You don't want what they got. The the church today can't discern between between divination and prophecy anymore. The the, the church can't, can't discern the difference between manipulation and Bible conviction. Like, there's a, there's a, there's, oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to just stop there. I'm, I got, I'm, I'm. Shabbat. Verse 8. Uh, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the effects of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues, Uh, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. Can you say amen? Amen. So why don't you have prophecy? Well, the Bible tells you to seek prophecy, but you may not have the gift of prophecy, because Jesus may want you to get get prophecy from somebody else. You may not get the healing that you want in your life. Why? Because Jesus has given somebody else the healing gift that you need. So you need to be around some people who believe in the gift so we can all be one, so we can build each other up for the common Good. If you feel called to teach, learn the Bible so you can teach it so you can build one another up for the common good. You don't study the Bible to tear down people doing gifts different than what you're doing. You don't have the apostle out there talking bad about the prophet thinking that he's better than the pastor. That's the Antichrist spirit. Instead, we're supposed to be mature coming together to edify the body of Christ so we can come into maturity recognizing what God is on the earth. I cannot believe how many people who are being taught that you cannot trust God to heal you. That's against the Bible. That's the Antichrist spirit. Jesus Christ said that you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, somebody. That's still in my Bible. I done seen too much to go back now. I done seen too much to go back. I done studied the Bible too much to start believing what somebody is disappointed with and teaches you. I am, I've seen too much of Jesus to sell you the American dream. Oh, Jesus. Are you praying for me, ladies? I hear you laughing over there. I hope you're praying for me that I get this right. So what is this Holy Ghost power for? Let me show you this. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. The prophet in rebuking Israel says, it's in the Old Testament. Go to Matthew and then go left. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. You want the power of the Holy Ghost in your life? Live for this. Now, in the Old Covenant, in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word justice is the same word as righteousness. Righteousness and justice are the same word. Do a Bible study. Go look at the Hebrew, look at the Greek. I know what I'm talking about. I have two degrees to prove it, right? They are the same word. So this anti-justice movement that some Christians are preaching are literally violating the scriptures with their words. They literally are elevating themselves above the Bible and above God's nature. God said, do justice. That is, do 
righteousness. You cannot be righteous without justice. Let me tell you what injustice is. Can I tell you what injustice is? Injustice is you being a Christian and being sick. That is not just. Jesus paid for your sickness. We're going to pray for you to be healed. Injustice is you being under the bondage of poverty. That is not just. We can, we can activate the Spirit of God in our lives, cooperate with the Holy Ghost, and set people free. People being wrongly sent to prison is injustice. Jesus is against it. Can you say amen? Systems of oppression are injustice, and God is against them. Women trapped in sexual um, 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 bondage, thank you, be it spiritual or be it uh, uh, from trafficking, is injustice. And I tell you what, Jesus cares every bit as much about that as he does people getting saved. He does not like it. He does not like it. And if you want the gift of God to be active in your life, begin to hunger and thirst for what God hungers and thirsts for. Jesus came to set captives free. Let me get the worship team coming up. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'll just keep talking. Shekaba. <clears throat> John the Baptist. You getting anything out of this? John the Baptist. Jesus said that John the Baptist is the greatest who ever lived. Which is funny because we don't have any record of John doing miracles. He didn't write anything. He didn't lead Israel through any battles. He, he wasn't like Moses who brought the, the Tanakh or the Torah. He wasn't like Jeremiah who did this amazing teaching through captivity. But Jesus called him the, the greatest. John the Baptist had two messages about, he had two messages. One, Jesus Christ is the Messiah who would take away the sins of the world. His second message, that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Why is this baptism in the Holy Ghost so important? Why do we focus on it so much? Because it gets God on you. I remember when we brought Isaac home from the hospital. He's a grown man now. My wife doesn't realize that sometimes. But there's this little baby. I think about baby Jesus. I think about, I think about Mary having Jesus in an in a, in a, in a, in a unstable place. Right? When, when we were having Isaac, we really wanted to move out of the apartment we had and we were very, we felt unsafe. We didn't feel settled. We had a woman speaking to our lives. She said, listen, wherever your home is, your child is going to be at home. I know you don't have the house you want, but your child will be at home with love. Remember that? And we brought Isaac home, and we just looked at his little face. You know, you know what you do with newborns. You look at their little face. You smell their breath. Even their little poop is cute at the beginning, right? Like, TMI? It is what it is. Parents know. But there got to an age where the wipe in the butt wasn't as enjoyable. Came to an age where like, this is like grown people stuff. Like, I don't, 
it's time for a little bit of growth at this point. As much as I enjoy feeding you, I would enjoy more not feeding you and allowing you to feed yourself. I, 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 yeah, see, people with young kids know what I'm talking about here. I, I, remember, I remember when we would take uh, Isaac out, you know, you pack like 19 bags. He was our first kid, so you're bringing everything you own with you. You know, when you're on, the, on the first child, you're bringing everything you own. You got the whole, you'd be like, we need a bigger car. Like, we got to have a minivan. We need more stuff. Remember, we went to visit her mom. They're like, are you moving in or just visiting for two nights? We're like, we don't know. We're a newborn. And it was so exciting. But then the day came that we told the kids, hey, we're going somewhere. Get yourself ready. And we didn't carry a bag. We didn't ask them if they had to go to the bathroom. We just got in the car. Oh, happy day. Happy day. And Jesus was here on the scene for three years. I think, I think, uh, I, I think when he was a baby and Mary had to keep little Jesus alive. Can you imagine being charged with the job of keeping the salvation of the world alive? Can you imagine being Mary and thinking, man, I better, I, better get, I better drink some water today because Jesus is going to get thirsty. And all of humanity is counting on me to keep this baby alive. <laughs> Can we be real? You thought you were nervous with your first kid. Imagine 2,000 years from now, eh, some, some knucklehead on ecstasy is going to need this kid to have been risen from the dead. So I better... I better some idiot who can't get off porn is going to need this guy's power, so I better, 2,000 years from now, you know, some guy who cheats on his taxes is really going to need this person's power in their life. I better keep this baby alive. And so Jesus came in the flesh. In three years of his ministry, he's, he's there running things personally. He said, listen, this is good. I've been feeding you. I've been wiping your butt. But it's time for you to start doing this on your own. Connect with God on your own. Not, not, not through me here in the flesh, but by the Spirit. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, that baptism that he had received at the theophany, when he was water baptized and the Spirit landed upon him, when he ascended into heaven on the day of Pentecost, that spirit came and landed what once clothed Christ on the earth, now clothes the church. The spirit comes and lands on us corporately as a body and individually as we receive the spirit baptism. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us bodily so that we can do the things Jesus called us to do to further His plans and purpose. And so on that day of Pentecost, when people didn't know what was happening, Peter stood up and said, Repent, all of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Stand with me if you would. I believe right now, I believe right now. I thought I'd do a lot more yelling today, Duke. 
I believe right now, we're going to sing in a second. And I believe as you begin to sing to Holy Spirit, you're all we want. He's going to land on some folks. <clears throat> I remember a service I did just like this. I had a young man was here as a visitor. He worked with a, with, a, with a spiritual son of mine. And he had gone to college for basketball. Injured his hip the first year. And uh, his dream was to be a pro uh, basketball player. And that, that, that couldn't happen. He lost his scholarship. And he was trying to figure out what he was supposed to do in life. Wasn't living the life he wanted to live. His friend finally convinced him to come to church. And as we, at the end of service, I did a prayer call just like this. And the Holy Ghost descended and healed this young man's hip. Got saved, changed his life completely. Life never the same. Married a Christian woman, has a bunch of Christian kids now. Wow, here's the one. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna pray here. Here we go. I'm, I'm gonna pray here, and the Holy Spirit's gonna land in this room. And some of you that you're gonna feel a strange sensation on your body. You might feel warmth, you might feel tingling, you might feel something in your throat. I want you to open up your mouth and begin praying in unknown tongues when that comes upon you. The fire of God may fall upon you. You may begin to sweat, you may begin to scream. I don't know. You may experience a peace. Some of you are going to get delivered of the devil that's been afflicting you. Some of you, the, the anointing of God is going to begin giving you dreams and visions. I believe it's going to reactivate the gift of prophecy in a new way in some people right now. In the name of Jesus, you're going to begin seeking God. I believe that the Lord is going to come by His Spirit and, and, and reignite a spiritual hunger for more of God in a spiritual hunger to see the lost saved and added to the church. I believe the Lord is going to give dreams and visions to people in this season right now as we begin to pray. So Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, whoa, come on, come on, come on, come on, pray in the Spirit with me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we would ask you at this moment, Holy Spirit, that you would fulfill the promise that Jesus gave us, that he would send the Spirit and we would receive the gift of the Father, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I pray, Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus that your fire would fall in this room right now. That your fire would fall and you would ignite the Spirit. You would ignite the Spirit right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on, sing it out. You're all we want. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Holy Spirit. Come on, pray in the spirit. Come on. Come on, sing it out. Fire the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. I declare the fire of God upon your life. Dreams and visions. Prophetic anointing in the name of Jesus. Strategic friendships in the name of Jesus. The fire of God. You will speak truth to power. Truth to power. Truth to power. Divine insight. Pray the spirit right now. Fire of God right there. Come on, sing it out. Come on, come on, come on. Holy Spirit, come rest on 
healing from the inside. You're all we want. Come on, sing it out. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. And fire and wind, come and do it again. Come on, do it again, Lord. Open up the gates. Come on, come on, sing it out. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates that heaven on end. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates that heaven on end. Come rest on us. Right now, if your right hand is burning or tingling, I want you to come forward. If you feel fire on the right side of your face, I want to pray for you. I feel like the Holy Spirit is touching some people right now. Who is that in this room right now? Yeah, come on. Step forward. All the way forward. Come on. Come on. Come on. Your right hand is tingling and burning. The right side of your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord is going to anoint some people for healing. And I feel like there's some people that there's fire. There's fire. You're experiencing fire on the right side of your face. The Lord is beginning to move in your body right now. Don't wait. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. You ready? Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we anoint what you're doing. people right now with the Holy Ghost and fire. Just begin to speak in tongues. Just begin to speak in tongues. You're like, I don't know how to. Just obey. Just speak in tongues right now. Shake up our son in the name of God. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. Shake up our son today. I'm here and I know you Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you if you feel like I'm talking to you about this gift of prophecy, I want you to come forward. I'm going to pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare the anointing of God over you. Just stand up. Come on. I'm going to pray. We're almost done. Shake. How about
shine on you and be gracious to you. The, li- the Lord lift up his countenance 
towards you and give you peace. Now go this week and seek God. Seek His power. Seek His authority. Seek His baptism. Seek His anointing. Be very aware of the conviction of the Spirit and spread the kingdom. I will see you Wednesday at noon for prayer on Instagram Live and back here on Sunday. And all God's people said, give a clap off for the Lord if you would. Listen, I don't want you to leave here today without giving two or three people a hug and letting them know the Lord has called you. If the Lord is touching you here at the altar, you just stay at the altar. We're going to play some music. If you need to get right with God, you can just come to the altar and kneel. But the Lord is moving in our midst and you do not want to rush it. Amen and amen.